rebels and residents of Jesus Town, welcome <laughs> to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely comrade, Kennedy. Hi, everyone. And today, we have a very special guest, of course. It's Netscape. Welcome to the show, Hello. Netscape. Hello. I, I, we're talking about Dino Thunder, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched a, a special Dino Thunder movie. It was very confusing. Yeah, it gets a little religious very early <laughs> on. Yeah, uh, not Dino Thunder today. Something a bit more, just a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so Dino today, Thunder too. <laughs> today we're talking about Hakaider, which is a movie that I got recommended basically through your feed, along with just coming across it while searching through a bunch of different other tokusatsu to check mm -hmm. out. Mechanical Violator Hakaider got a five star re review. It did from yes. you, and you were initially like. Well, I don't really know what to expect. And then I came out of this like having watched one of the best movies ever. So I was yeah, like, well, it's... damn, turns out it's a tokusatsu. So I've got a tokusatsu podcast. Why not? <laughs> I also found out about it through uh, someone's feed. I think my friend uh, Yui was watching it on like they were tweeting about it and they retweeted that scene towards the end when he lights the flower on fire. <laughs> and like just the gif of that and i was like i gotta add this to the list and then i just had some time i had like two hours to kill and i was like oh this movie's only like you know less than an hour and a half it's like one of the shortest movies on my watch list let's go yeah that's like what happened with me and uh that one ova on uh my anime list where it's only like 25 minutes long and it's got like a bunch of five star reviews and you're just like, oh, I got like an hour to spare or something like that. Why not? And you throw it on. You're like, damn, this thing OVA. really changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to cut here, really. And that's, I think, part of what's important. A lot of uh, modern movies that are overly long are overly long that you can tell mm -hmm. like there's been too much added to it. And I'm not trying to say that there's no room for a great two and a half hour film they're great mm -hmm. long movies but the like, best movie sometimes... i saw this year was four hours long yeah <laughs> um but sometimes you know you just take away anything unnecessary and just give the essentials and that's a movie like hakaider yeah i think the only movie i've seen that was tighter was the colonel sanders film <laughs> <laughs> man that was that was really good for what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> I feel like every director needs to do at least one tight, like under 90 minute, 90 minute or under film. And just see what you can come up with. Yeah, there's a lot of great like Italian horror films that are like 87 minutes. Truth. Truth. Yeah, a lot of horror movies really shouldn't be long. Like, No, not at all. If you extend it. It, it takes away from, like, the mystery and, like, mm -hmm. you just start to be like, okay, well, now this is getting normalized and it's not scary anymore, which is like why, like... Now I sympathize Dead, with him. Yeah. The Walking Dead is like a wine mom show, not like I a, saw the new, the new Conjuring <laughs> recently. I don't know if either one of you saw it, and I thought it was going to be a courtroom drama. So I was like, okay, it's a little bit long. It's, like, over, I think, over two hours or something like that. So that makes sense why... And, you know, a courtroom drama would be over two hours long. 
and I'd be okay with that. But it's not. It's like a bait and switch, and it's just a normal Conjuring film. And I'm uh, like, I've been tra- yeah, it's a, it's just shy of two hours. It's like an hour and fifty something minutes. Yeah, it's I think hard with to keep pa- it scary when it's that long. But yeah, that also works to Hakaider's favor to bring it back home. Like, oh yeah, it's a freaky movie. And if they had taken the time to explain too much of it, it would have definitely lessen that a lot because it's also kind of a cheesy movie but uh since it's so tight like the freakiness always wins mm-hmm. yeah i think it's something that we're kind of sort of used to now having watched so many seasons of power rangers where like what can you fit in half an hour yeah <laughs> and it's a lot of just like all right cut to action all right dialogue all right <laughs> it's you know uh and it can get really good in very unexpected ways because you can change up that formula and make it very entertaining. Now, Hakaider was this is very weird because it's almost like RPM wouldn't exist in the same way if it was not for this movie's existence. Because this oh, is man, just this is Dylan's so character, but like M rated, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I've only I, seen the I, pilot, but yeah. I'm convinced that uh the original showrunner for rpm had to have seen this film 100 percent. yeah it just it it really felt like we were watching like a rated r for movie theaters version of the the first couple episodes of rpm it was very made into like this one complete arc it was very cool to uh watch this off the back of that honestly but yeah it was also i mean this is an unbelievable film there's literally like three fight scenes in the whole movie and they're all bangers. <laughs> right? Mechanical Violator Hakaider starts off with some like treasure hunters that don't seem necessarily real above board in any everything they do per se. Uh, which is to say they're armed to the teeth. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, they're, they're like, wandering around in this ancient vault thing. And uh, they're, like, talking about, there's this treasure in here. There's this incredible treasure we heard. And they're picking locks and blowing up doors and stuff like that. And then what do they find at the end of it all? It's just, like, a guy chained to the floor. It's just a guy. Is, which is always a bad sign, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> if you find a apparently living person chained to the floor in an ancient vault, you're just fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a guaranteed you're done. <laughs> His outfit looks like uh, Dai Shi's. A little, yeah. I love that everyone is dressed like a leather daddy in the scene. they look like they're in like the michael jackson bad music video where they're just they're all wearing leather and then everything just has buckles yeah everyone's got to have like some accessories too Mm -hmm. that's how you know it's the future is because they're they're tat they're tactical dope yeah very tactical (laughs) 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 and uh yeah these guys uh get terrified when they see this dude and they start shooting at him and he turns into Hakaider which is like if a common writer uh was designed by the people who made the alien film 
Uh, his his head's design reminded me of, and I'm not sure if this is like I'm gonna look it up or something, and it's like, oh, it was on purpose, but it, he reminds me of the the main stand of the fifth of the protagonist of JoJo. Like something about his head reminded me of God Jorno's stand. Oh yeah, hell yeah. I I like the suit. I was originally not liking it with the head design. <laughs> <laughs> it has kind of like the penis head issue, but after a while, it kind of grew on me. It's aerodynamic, <laughs> so he can ride his motorcycle faster. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> they do changes to the suit design as the movie goes on that mm-hmm. makes it way cooler. But I think the initial onset penis head uh, is definitely not cool. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It's a little weird, but also like it just is weird that's the thing is like if it was trying to look like ultra cool that'd be one thing but it no like mm-hmm. this helmet like has like a glowing brain inside of it that you see sometimes like it's just yeah <laughs> it's very uncomfortable he looks like a metroid villain or something yeah yeah that's Definitely. actually really on point so he could have been love- on super metroid for sure true i love that he's he has like a sort of a subconscious desire to be dripped out in whatever scenario he's in. <laughs> Hakider, after killing these guys, is like, who am I? And seems to have no <laughs> idea who he is. And uh, just jumps on a motorcycle and rides off looking for answers. He ponders his existence after killing like 10 men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With he's his- like, ah, wait, why am I doing this? In the meantime, we cut to uh, Jesus Town for the first time, and we see <laughs> this guy running from security forces. He gets cornered, and he's going to kill himself, but then he gets With the stopped. world's tiniest gun. The smallest gun you've ever seen. The trigger looked like you could barely get half a finger on it, maybe. <laughs> I'm I'm not entirely certain, but I think that that was like in real life. That was like a type of gun that they gave to in World War II to like people that were behind enemy. It was like your behind enemy lines gun, so that if you snuck up on someone, you could hit them close. You're gonna have like 30 different uh, gun experts in the comments being like, <laughs> actually, it's this. It's Actually, it's a Swiss gun called the Schnurbenschlager that came exactly. out in the 40s. And... Yeah. <laughs> that just seems like a random artistic choice. <laughs> so uh, he gets stopped from killing himself by a different android robot person named Michael, who is also pretty pog-looking. He's sick. Designed uh, after Michael's the angel, design. I guess, right? Yeah. I think so, it, yeah. This this movie has very cool not non over the top religious themes. Like it is over is the top, I, but it isn't at the same time. Like yeah. Michael's design, I was like, oh, this is just a Shin Megami Tensei movie. <laughs> this um, all makes sense now. Michael seems to like be talking nice when he saves this guy, but I, it was pretty clear that someone right about that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. that Michael was probably not as nice as he seemed or something. Hakider arrives at uh, this like border station where this 
like old Italian guy is apparently waiting for him. <laughs> the border guard tries to stop Hakider, but he just drives through the defenses and they have no effect on him, basically. Uh, yes. Uh, and this pretty, border uh, patrol guy is like, you're about to enter Jesus Town if you keep going up, which is like a warning. It's not like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna enter Jesus Town. It's like, nah, dog. Like, you're gonna go to Jesus Town. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Seriously, I like that they don't they don't ever really waste any time. Like, they're just like, nah, Jesus Town's fucked. You don't want to go there. Yes, it's a dystopia. It's a yeah. legal dystopia. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it's terrifying. Like, it's a really bad place. <laughs> Uh, Hakider just drives through. Some other security forces try to stop him, and that's when we get to see how badass he is because uh, that's when he pulls out the shotgun. <laughs> the world's most powerful gun. It, this is the most sawn off shotgun I've ever seen in a movie. The gun that can pierce the heavens. <laughs> Literally. And so uh, he's fighting dudes on motorcycles. He's like kicking them off their motorcycles, blasting them with the shotgun. He drags this one guy for like a mile for <laughs> no apparent reason. And the guy's like, please stop. And he's like, just doesn't say anything. <laughs> just keeps dragging it. The shotgun has like Gears of War 1 range. Like it's just it like insane. He can shoot that shotgun from like 50 feet away and still get a kill. <laughs> it works the way like a sniper rifle would in like an American movie. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> also, something else that's anti-American movie about this gun is that uh, not anybody can wield it. This is a gun too powerful for some people. I feel like that... That rarely ever happens in an American movie. It's just like anyone oh, yeah. can just like pick up the minigun, even if you're the twink. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Minigun Twink. Minigun Twink is the movie that I'm making. Uh, it's coming out next year. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, while uh, Hakider's doing some badass shit, there's also... Some rebels apparently fighting against this horribly fascist city. Um, and the and rebels are cool. They're all swagged out punks. They look like I got, they... I gotta say, this movie nails the, uh, the fascist tendency to have drip. Like it, instead of Hugo Boss <laughs> outfits, they have uh, these glorious like white, almost like beetle-like armor. It was so cool to see. And they do so much cool stuff with it. Yeah, the, the like stormtroopers... Are pretty drippy. Yeah, out. they do look like stormtroopers. <laughs> but like splinter cell stormtroopers. What's the name of the the main bad guy who's in charge of Jesus Town? Uh good question. Gurjiv. Gurjiv? Gurjiv. Gurjiv looks like death note concept art. For he like does. I love light. I love his outfit. Yeah. Uh he he definitely looks like uh the the guy that would be standing in the room when you're going the stand user could be anyone in the room yes like just like this dude is eccentric looking and like so much religious overtone to his weird outfit he has incredible drip <laughs> i'm My not favorite gonna lie was i thought that this was like 
a legit like this was legitimately a religious sort of movie right where like things kind of took place in certain sections or whatever like i was getting very uh el shaddai ascension of the metatron uh for like the xbox 360 where the angels came down from heaven and like had like different societies for the way they thought that humans should go etc this felt like one of those worlds that was in there but then you know the it ends up being more so like a a more realistic like company town where the billionaire just happens to me this hyper fascist ultra religious person but it's also like i felt like it was definitely you know a critique of imperialism and how like these things get dressed up and this sort Absolutely, of yes. Ah, yes, we're saving you with religion. And, you know, like, I think that was, like, very intentional also. But definitely uh, very much Company Town vibes, too. Absolutely. I love um, everything about the King's design. I just found a picture of it again. I wanted to savor it. Oh, my God. The <laughs> one wing and then, like, the scars. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty dope. It's over the top in all the right ways. You just you need some extreme design to sell your villains sometimes. Absolutely. You know, and it this just like screams that right away. So uh Gurjev um notices Hakider has come to town and he is the creator of Hakider and, and Michael. And Michael never transforms into anything else. He's just always robot. Well, sort of. We'll get to that later. But uh, he's just always robot in all these scenes. His behavior is so weird. Like, it's hard to even describe, but like, Michael is clearly like a broken being on the inside. Uh, he, he drank the Kool Aid. Yeah. And like, whatever crazy nonsense Gurjev says, Michael's just like, that's beautiful. Thank you for saying it. He's just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love Michael's design. He's so perfect. Yeah, it's really good. It's like, at first, he is kind of like a benevolent, good common Rider or Power Ranger almost kind Mm -hmm. of vibe. But then you look closer and there's all these little details that are kind of ominous. Yes. He's like Evangelical Musk. (laughs) But with like more charisma. Or at least like charisma. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like his eyes are angled in a way where if if he's looking directly at you, it looks sort of almost feminine and uh like very soft <laughs> but then if he tilts his head just a little bit down it looks almost like uh more of a lizard reptilian kind of thing very sinister looking <laughs> yeah these these suits are are fascinating there's so much great design in this movie it's really a beautiful movie that you should watch for those reasons if nothing else but there's also a lot of other reasons um, the backgrounds in this movie in particular yeah. Oh it's my god! Sad. I don't know what the, what the Costume. process they did. I don't know if it was green screen or if it was matte paintings, but they—I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded. But it gives me like Final Fantasy vibes, where you have the battle and then you have the cool background set. Yeah. What was funny is that I was thinking of like Organization Thirteen and Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I, I I have not played uh, Kingdom Hearts, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't really find a good reason to persuade you to, to jump in. <laughs> if you yeah. want to see some pretty interesting fan service, for sure. 
Kingdom Hearts yeah. is a is a fun time. I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy, but no Kingdom Hearts, unfortunately. Because I'm not super big into like my favorite Disney property is probably like Tron or something like that. Yeah, and I don't not think that person. they really have too much. It was in Kingdom Hearts too. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, and it was in Dream Drop Distance, but it, it's not. I wouldn't I say the worlds were like particularly well done. Mm-hmm. It, they're just retelling of the movies most of the time. I see. It's like oh, it's an isekai. Sora is like the isekai star. All the worlds that he ventures off to, he's like, oh, I'm in Disney's Lion King, dude. I gotta correct the darkness fucking up this story. I see. So, yeah, these rebels are attacking the fascist <laughs> government. Yes. And uh, they get cornered by the security forces that work for parliament. Um, slash Gurdjieff, but they call it Parliament a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to know what the politics of this, like this government, is because they've got like a parliament and then a king, but then they also have like some other stuff going on. I don't. There's there's a lot of weird medieval undertones in this movie. Yeah, I I wonder if if that I, we're just not seeing because we're watching like a subtitled version. Uh, that we're not getting too much, like, literally, because, you know, sometimes, like, the translators will, like, localize. So they might have localized some of it out, but there's definitely a lot of, like, visual medieval themes. And also in, like, the names of people, yeah. Yeah, and the few scenes we see of, like, civilian life are bizarre. It is, yeah. (laughs) These rebels are getting cornered by these, like, security forces, but then, oh, Hakaiders fight kind of ends up overlapping with theirs. And there's one rebel in particular, Kaoru, who dreams of this kind of, like, freaky monster attacking her and then a slightly less freaky knight saving her. I love his knight outfit. It's my favorite outfit in the whole movie. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> when we actually... When they, they go to the knight dream the second time i think that might be my favorite scene in the movie that's a good but also crazy scene um so the dream i don't know what i could even say to properly encapsulate how trippy and terrifying it is but uh it's one of the best scenes in the film Um, it's great yeah so kaoru sees hakaider and she's like oh shit that's my dream come to life this guy he is a badass and he fights the security forces and the security forces even like bring up a, a van and all kinds of stuff and nothing can stop him. That shotgun can shoot anything. But also, <laughs> when one of the security forces guys tries to shoot the shotgun, it blows his arm off. <laughs> yes. That's for Hakaider only. And everything's got to have the Sentai sparks. I love it. Yep. The, the sound effects are really great because it... it... They do this nice metal-on-metal metal sound for any time that anyone's punching each other, so it gives it a nice, like, robotic weight to it. Yeah, and all of Hakaider's movements are punctuated with lots of robotic sounds. I think the sound effects for Hakaider and the metal sounds, I think, in general, are great. I will say, though, the, the gun sound effects and stuff, I was like, oh, man, I, I yearn for the, the modern audio design on that stuff. But that's more yeah. of just like yeah. a sign of the times, you know? Yeah. 
They definitely don't. Yeah, they they don't have a lot of weight to them sometimes. Yeah, I don't mean to get all like Tarkov gun geek on this. <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know, guns do be sounding better in the year 2021 than 1995, <laughs> huh? I didn't, I didn't know you played Tarkov. You play Tarkov? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. I need people to play Tarkov with. Please I'm don't asking. cut this. <laughs> so towards the end of the fight with the security forces, Hakaider starts to get a little bit too beat up, and uh, the rebels basically decide to save him, and it's clear that Kaoru is just like smitten with him immediately. Even in robot form, she down. <laughs> Honestly, there's, there's worse robots to smash. He's got some nice, like, sneak lines to him. Yeah. His human form is pretty sick. Like, he looks I, like I one badass hair. dude. Like, he yeah, could have been the protagonist kind of, of Final Fantasy VIII, for sure. So, Hakaider in human form wakes up at the Rebels' base. Basically, they start explaining, explaining to him what Jesus Town is like and how bad it is. And they talk about especially how uh, Gurdjieff captures people and lobotomizes them, and he puts a chip in to control their emotions, quote-unquote, but, like, he just ruins them is actually, yeah. like, clearly what happens. They get some sick scars, though. They do get some wild scars. <laughs> so that chip, right? We see the citizens who have been chipped after they've been, like retrained back into society but they still have emotions it seems like right like they're still do spiteful see, do you see any retrained citizens i thought I that think we, we do the, like the ones that were practically like disabled yeah on function yeah, i thought we only saw the ones that were just like he's like we're retraining them for society and they're like throwing a ball at the wall and missing the target every time Weren't the weren't the people who were laughing at the rebel girl uh, retrained into society, or am I wrong? No, they were just regular citizens. Yeah. They're oh, just, okay. They're based on That's trips. People. Everybody just wears white in Jesus Town because Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so the carceral <laughs> the carceral state just does that basically. Yeah. yeah. And the the head of Jesus Town is also the head of the carceral state. Yes. yes. And he's obsessed with, he's basically, it's really, Jesus Town is a giant open air prison and Gurdjieff is the warden. That's what it is. It's not a company town. It's not something else. Either. It's like they're it's doing that. like conversion therapy, but they're just not even pretending that it works. Yeah. Like you have yeah. rights until you commit a crime. Pretty much, yeah. And, and they're not even, and they don't even have over. like a guy that they pretend like, oh, you know, this conversion therapy works for me. Nah. No, it's just and they, they don't seem to have a court system either. No, like you, you're arrested, and then that's it. Like the arrest was your trial. It's uh, you yeah. know, SPD had better politics than this. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to SPD because I when I watched it, I like wasn't thinking about the politics of it, and it probably has some fucked politics. Oh, Joker. it's got some, some really <laughs> fucked politics. Joker. <laughs> Certain episodes are extraordinarily cursed. Also, Cat is definitely an objectivist. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, basically, police start a lot of the issues. Yeah. Don't they have, like, uh, I know we're probably spending too much time on SPD now, but don't they have at <laughs> one point, like, evil SPD officers? 
that are like the ultimate bad guys, or maybe they're just like the equivalent yes. of the yeah, the yeah, some of them turn. Yep. And it's actually pretty sick. So even in the future, they can't even stop cops from committing crimes and going bad. For some reason, even with the advancements of technology, uh, they still haven't been able to figure out how to get uh, crime rates lowered or eliminated completely. Strange. Strange. Fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the even more fucked up world of Hakaider. We even get this scene where Gurjev, like, is watching the, like, people he's ruined uh, <laughs> in the carceral system on a TV monitor. And he's like, I love you. You're my children. And it's just like, they don't even know that you're there. This is the yeah. most, like, disturbing kind of relationship a person could have with someone else. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? And it's great like because it really just adds to the idea that, like, all these things that Gurjev says are true are, like, these really perverse lies. I like that he's foppish and very like he's he's foppish without being like a homophobic uh what's the word what's the what's the word for it's like racism uh stereotype there we go. Yeah, he's, he's not he's, a, he's, he's not a Disney villain. No, he's not like, you know, caressing Hakaida or like, you know, gra- grabbing his ass or some shit, but he's he's also just very dainty in like a a classical sense. Yeah. But he just seems more like rich boy. Yeah. Sure. So really, I think yeah. that the, the, because he, I think that the way it sort of avoids that is he's like, he, it's never seen as like a joke. Like it's always intense when he's doing it. It's always like sort of dignified within the logic of the story itself. Well, I think it also contrasts against the dystopia. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, here is this guy that like lives in this beautiful palace room and has all these nice things and we don't see other nice things really. <laughs> uh-huh. So the rebels try to convince Hakaider by explaining all these things, but also the rebels have a little bit of corruption in their own ranks to some extent that Hakaider notices right away and sees as hypocrisy, probably they correctly in some cases. Like, at least a few of those guys did not seem trustworthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was like, a critique on anarchism. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just a critique on power and who holds it. Absolutely. He said, so, read on authority. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it did remind me, actually, of, like, an argument that I got into with dumbass Reddit anarchists one time, where... This guy was like, I'm just going to hole up in the woods and take care of my own. And I was like, that's not anarchism. That's not leftism. That's conservative behavior. Um, <laughs> you know? And yep. like, that's, uh, that's what we're getting that, here. You can do that after the revolution. <laughs> uh, uh, that's what we're getting here with some of these guys. Like, some mm-hmm. of the dreams that some of the people had for like after the revolution didn't seem all bad. But then some of them were like, yeah, we'll be in charge. We'll hold the power. We'll decide what's right and wrong, and we'll live like kings. And uh, that's not good. And Hakaider's mm-hmm. like, hey, why would I fight to install y'all when y'all are like the same as the person you're telling me is bad, basically? Absolutely. And starts kind of like a fight with them a little bit, but it does, before it could really like get super physical or anything, 
Um, the security forces show up. They've been sweeping the city looking for your asses. <laughs> Feds did a sweep. Um, they just... These, like, stormtroopers just march in in unison, like, single-file mm-hmm. lines and just blast. Like, no questions asked, period. They go on for a while. Like, th- these people have, like, 500-round gun clips. And, like, that. literally almost every character that the show has, like, or, sorry, the movie has, like, given us to, like, care about a little bit just dies in this scene. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we get, like, eight seconds of, like, some really cool characters. They all have unique designs. We're like, oh, shit, I wonder what they're about. Oh, shit, I wonder what they're about. Just for, like, a face-off ass scene to happen where just the cops just swarm and just start blasting. <laughs> yeah, it is like that one part. For, like, that. two minutes, just nonstop. <laughs> they, they don't stop. Like, even when the other characters are talking, the, the guns are still firing. Yeah. It's intense. The security forces basically blast everybody. And they also blast Hikider really hard, like they had prepared for it this time because Gurdjieff had, you know, warned them and made it clear that this was a serious matter. And, uh, well, he, at least he warned Michael, and Michael had, is in charge of the security forces. However, it happened. So they, like, shoot him with, like, bullets that seem stronger than before, and then they, like, blast him with, like, special guns and bazookas and shit. And just, like, keep, like, dunking him with different stuff. <laughs> They're um, going hard. Yeah. And uh, Hakaider is just, like, in a pile of rubble, seemingly defeated at the end of that. Especially because they totally got the drop on all of them. So, like, mm-hmm. there was just no real way to, to fight back effectively. Kaoru is spared for, like... The first part of this, <laughs> but then she just gets shot too. <laughs> like it felt like everyone. police brutality the way she she got shot. Yeah, because like they were like, just walking away single file line, and they were just like, ah, we're just gonna shoot you real quick. And it wasn't like a instantaneous kill shot. It was yeah, like one no. of those that you just bleed out from. It was. Uh, they do her so dirty. Yeah, pretty messed up. It, it makes it makes you like really think like how could there be any resistance if they're just like you know wetting up anyone? Truly, Kairu gets shot, but not an immediate kill shot, and she's like bleeding out. And then Michael shows up, uh, and Michael just like tortures Kairu for a minute. We don't see much of it, but her screams make it to Hakider, who finally wakes up. Kairu later is wandering around the city, just like bleeding out and delirious. And Hakaider in human form finds her. It's clear that she's already just like on her deathbed, basically, when he finds she's, her. She's done for, yeah. She's cooked. Yeah, she's done for. Um, so uh, he takes her to her favorite place by the river. This like one secret beautiful spot. There's like a huge giant statue. Um, that it's not clear exactly who of, just like it looked kind of like Jesus down. or Buddha. I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Yeah, it looked kind of like a, like a like a Catholic Jesus statue, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like an odd thing, <laughs> giant statue in the background. But this it was is my cool favorite looking. scene. 
This it's it's giving me Sonic and the Black Knight vibes. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so it gets like really crazy here because like basically Kairu's dying and they're having this kind of sweet conversation and Hakaider is like being as emotionally warm as he ever is in the entire film, which is to say just a little tiny bit. And uh, <laughs> uh, Kairu, like, this bell falls off of her dress and hits the ground, and then the ground turns to water, and then it transitions to Dream World, and like that's how she yes. dies. And the Dream World scene is, like, really trippy, and Hakaider is in his, like, night form... They like seem to be like running off to be happy, but like, yeah, in real life, Kairu has died, and Hakaider yeah, in real life is not entirely convinced of all the politics necessarily, but has decided to just go ahead and destroy the government anyway. <laughs> he's he's appropriate, got, he's, he's red pilled, uh, he's <laughs> he's taken the red pill, he's like, all right, it's time to um, wet up the place. Hakaider takes the little bell charm and he heads back. He uh, shoots a magical shotgun blast that destroys everything. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs> this, this shit goes like half a mile. It's insane. A shotgun that could do anything. It's so he cool. Fires like he has this ability he he only shows it off a couple of times but he has this ability to sort of like scan things and like learn about them he's basically the terminator mm-hmm. and um <laughs> yes uh so he just like scans the building he's like ah this is the main security control room and just fires a homing missile out of his shotgun across a half a mile into the main control room and uh, destroys like their security hub, basically. Just gone, wiped away. It, it fries minute. the brains of all the. Tr- I guess they're androids. Also, they're like weaker androids. That seems to be the implication. Yeah, they don't say it outright, but it's like Gurjev made Hakaider, which didn't mm-hmm. work out his plan, and then he made Michael, and then he probably <laughs> just started making these like weaker androids. You know, after that, so. Most of the androids are uh, destroyed or disabled, which, like, God, would you sign up to be a cop if, like, your armor getting turned off, like, its battery getting turned off would just kill you? (laughs) If it looks like that, then yes. (laughs) (laughs) They look like Xenosaga soldiers or something. The drip is just, like, straight out of a JRPG. The drip outweighs anything. They do got some drip. So Hakaider storms into the building and just starts fucking shit up. And uh, he makes it to Gurdjieff's, like, special white chamber. And there is Michael waiting for him. And they have a really, really brief conversation that is just, like, perfect, honestly. And uh, it ends with Michael being like, I am Justice. And uh, Hakaider goes, if you're justice, then I must be evil. He lights this flower on fire. He lights this flower on fire in his hand. (laughs) This this is my favorite set in the whole movie. Oh, it's really? It's insane. And they, they like, enhance it towards the end. 
Oh, one really quick thing, though, before I talk about the cool set and the fight. I forgot one really important thing. Hakaider really is all about, like, free will. He's, like, an egoist. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he finds these, like, people waiting in a cell. And he's like, do you have free will to live lives of your own choosing? <laughs> and then lets them out only after they nod. <laughs> Very There's funny. a scene with uh, Michael where uh, they failed his minions uh, fail to subdue Hakider. Oh yeah, one of his minions and one of them it. survived, and he was like, "Did you not have enough faith in our mission to die for it?" You got and some then, banger. Like, on. Yeah. There's not a lot of dialogue in this movie, but some of it is very banger. <laughs> yeah, they get away with saying like very little. But, like, what they fit into that very little is pretty incredible. So like, cool. even when the rebels were introducing themselves to Hakaider, they were just like, don't worry, we're on the same side. We want the government to fall, too. Just, that's it. Next line. All right. <laughs> Relax. We're all friends fighting the government. We're chilling. We're chilling. <laughs> Michael and Hakaider start to fight. And this set is really cool because this room is, like, pure white and beautiful. But as they break it... The inside of everything is like blood red and has these tubes that look kind of like veins or arteries. Yeah, the room everywhere. starts bleeding as they're fighting. It's so cool. Yeah, like it's the like, room itself produces this like gore. It's like, okay, yeah, this is the symbolism a little on the head of like having this literal seat of government like weeping blood, but like it's so fun to watch. It works though, especially because they don't like overplay it or make an overly big deal out of it it's just like this freaky thing that is happening and uh speaking of freaky things happening the fight between hakaider and michael is intense it goes hard like so up till now hakaider has been basically stopped by nothing but uh when these two fight like it's like watching the two dudes at the bar just go knock down, drag out, teeth coming out, like someone's gonna like forever lose an eye. Just like dirty, grungy fighting because they're basically at each other's level. Yeah, we get to see Michael go all out. Like before, he it looked like he was barely ever like working up a sweat. Like there's a scene in the beginning when he just like runs past a guy and like cuts his head in half. Yeah. Or he cuts the top of his head off and it's like, it's he's barely ever exerting himself and now he has to go all out just this once there's also these really high frequency like metal clangs that are happening as yes. their their moves yeah, are connecting no music in this None. scene no soundtrack no ambient sounds really it's just these ro- robotic mechanical like clicks and whirs and then these clangs when they hit each yes. other that are so and- loud Normally, the movie does have a very like omnipresent score. It's a it's it sounds honestly like that meme of like the uh, like how forest music be sounding like in video games. Like it's very a lot of like wind instruments and echoey sounds and yeah. hear nothing, none, nothing, nothing. Yeah, it's really like adds to just this extremely freaky, weird body horror kind of feeling mm-hmm. scene. Michael seems to get the upper hand, it especially like he has like some really strong powers that like, you know, he had hinted like, I'm, you know, I was made after you and I'm way stronger. 
Uh, and one power in particular is like he can like turn his hand into like a fiery death hand or something. I don't even know. It's such a simple effect. Like they just put like fairy lights or whatever in his fingers, in like the suit fingers, but it looks so cool. Yeah. It looks really cool. And like his hand starts glowing and he just starts like pushing it into Hakaider's chest. It seems like Hakaider might lose at that point. One of um, my favorite things about this movie is that there's almost zero CGI in this movie. It's yeah. all practical except for some backgrounds and then uh, there's sometimes when he shoots the gun, it'll like do a tracking shot on the on the bullet. Yeah, and like the scenes where it's like the robot vision, but that's about that's, it. That's it. Everything else is all practical. I love. Okay, I love when uh, when they're fucking each other up. Like the suits actually are getting fucked up. Like no one ever. If 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 someone's ever getting injured on screen, you're seeing it and you're seeing it in detail. Like you're seeing precisely what's getting fucked up and why. Yeah, like the shoulder pad will get kind of ripped open and like these yeah. like wiry like Kevlar and electronic kind of guts start coming out of it. Like it's very everything is visceral like that. Yeah, um, I I really like just the angle in which they were filming it of Michael cutting a hole inside of a kiter's chest and the way he grabbed him above was like crazy. Oh my god, it was yeah. so cool. Hakaider seems to be almost have lost especially when he reaches for his shotgun and michael grabs it first and just empties it of shells um as like a taunt and like even starts like beating hakider up with his own gun a little sort of playing with them a bit but that's his mistake because hakider always has another gun that's his superpower it turns yes. out so, uh, <laughs> every one of Hakaider's special powers is just, I had another gun you didn't know about. <laughs> so, uh, special power number one, his wrist opens up. He's got a gun in there. He grabs one of the shotgun shells that Michael unloaded, and he uses it to blow off the arm that Michael uses his, like, glowing hand superpower. Uh, also, this is the first hint that Michael might be human underneath because there's blood. Yes. Like, there, there is a this, bloody stump inside the robot chassis. Robots have gore. He has more bloody gore than Hakaider, actually. Yeah. Um, so, so Michael has, like, a bloody human stump inside the robot arm. Hakaider wastes no time. And just rips off Michael's weird wing thing. Just starts going straight to breaking Michael's neck and ripping his head straight out, including he the spinal column. Yes, it is. It, Michael is human underneath there in some yes. sense. Uh, it was a fucking Mortal revealed. Kombat fatality. It was a Mortal Kombat fatality. I was just going to say that. Yep. Yeah. Hakaida just stands there holding Michael's head and spinal column for a minute. <laughs> Uh, before finally tossing it aside as Gurdjieff shows up to try to talk Hakaider into uh, working with him. He's like, listen, you were my first creation. Clearly you were better. I could upgrade you and make you even stronger than before. Let's work together. And Hakaider is like, I only believe in personal freedom. I can't be controlled by anything. <laughs> Absolutely He's refuses. He's about to get very angry about roads. He's about to get so <laughs> angry about roads. Stop asking about the roads! <laughs> that's, 
the Kider's final line in the movie. Um, so <laughs> Gurdjieff like tries to convince Hikider, but it's completely unsuccessful. And Hikider's like, I'm not even gonna kill you, it's not even worth my time. Starts to walk away. And uh, that is, of course, his mistake because Gurdjieff is gonna betray him, except no, Hikider's way too smart for that and just devastates him. <laughs> he fucks his costume up. No, <laughs> the beautiful outfit. They explode into feathers. Like, he kind of looks like Steven Tyler a little bit with that hair. Yeah, there's this interesting quality where a couple of times when people die, feathers come out instead of blood. Yes. This is one. Um, but yeah, Hakaider just like punches a hole through this man. That's the end of that. Yeah, but, it's like a it's almost like an emote. Like you killed someone in a battle royale and their fucking death emote comes out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh <laughs> Oh, I got things slightly out of form. I'm uh, slightly out of order. I'm sorry. Before Gurdjieff has the t- the talk with Hakider, Hakider has to fight Michael once more because yes, Michael turns into bar. an HR Geiger painting. It's like uh, something out of Resident Evil. He's a Metal yeah. Gear, <laughs> a weapon to surpass Metal Gear, even. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael's head gets picked up by this big machine, this big freaky tank monster thing, and attached to that. And uh, Hakaider has to fight that, and that's, like, horrifying on an even different level. <laughs> and they do this really cool thing where they combine claymation with uh, real footage in a way that is, like, ver- and, like, other stop motion in this way that is, like, very, yes. like, seamless. If you uh, like that, you'll love... Um... There's a movie uh, called Nemesis. It came out in 1992. And it has a, a similar ending to this movie where there's a big stop-motion baddie. It's great. Hell yeah. Yeah, it reminded me actually of some of the monsters from one of my favorite horror movies of recent years, The Void. Had like that, just that. like Lovecraftian. The horror movie, right? Yeah. 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 Just like the, this Lovecraftian monster and uh it blows off one of hakaider's arms but uh hakaider secret power number two it's another gun he has a chest gun it's a triple barrel shotgun it's like a yeah it's like a triple barrel clockwork shot it's got like gears on it and shit (laughs) so hakaider cannot be stopped uh so then he has to talk with gurjev and he kills gurjev and he walks away. When he co- turns back into human form, his arm is just back. No explanation. Fuck you, Hakaider rocks. Um, and he gets on his motorcycle and he rides away with Kairu's metal. It's... So yeah, this movie rocks. <laughs> yeah, just like just rides off into the sunset like a badass. The end. He does not stay to see what becomes of Jesus Town at all. <laughs> nope, doesn't care. <laughs> Does not give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's one of those 10 out of 10 movies. As an artistic pick, it's really, really interesting. I think for any criticisms that I may have, I think like some of them is, like I was saying, the sound design, a bit dated. Uh, there's that chase sequence when uh, Hakaider's on his motorcycle being tailed by the, by the fascist uh, angel police uh, that goes on just a bit too long. But like, yeah. honestly... Honestly, though, like for all the critiques I can have of it, it's 77 minutes long and it fits so fucking much in there. 
Yeah, it's one, like, one like brief week scene. It's like, come on, it's a thirty second scene. We're moving on. There's thirty more epic scenes that you got. Yeah. So for everyone that like doesn't bang, there's like three or four more epic scenes that comes out right after it that completely makes up for it. Uh, it's definitely what I wanted out of something like the Dylan type of character in Power Rangers. It's almost like a mechanical egoist Goku. <laughs> it felt very Shin Megami Tensei in a really good way. The ending felt like a very like neutral ass ending that you'd find in one of those video games. To be honest, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a, it was a nice surprising pick, and I'm really glad to have come across it. Me too. I'm almost I'm worried because this is like the first like proper sentai that i've seen that hasn't been adapted to american audiences so i'm worried if i spoiled myself here uh but i'm I'm sure i'll find something that'll live up to this hype eventually we're gonna be watching some other weird stuff we'll let you know what we think some other off-brand sentai and tokus (laughs) but uh yeah okay my rating is uh it's uh it's a one out of one as in there's only one movie named mechanical violator (laughs) kaider and there only ever could be (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but also it is a ten. <laughs> um, Interestingly it, enough, this franchise sound is like really it's 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 very long. Like the so this is a a one off, like a spin off movie of the Kikider franchise. Uh, yeah, that is closely related to, and I think it's actually made by the same people who do. Common Rider and actually Hikider uh, l- later shows up in a Common Rider after this. His next appearance is in a a Common Rider. That's pretty sick, actually. Yeah. You gotta watch but, it. Uh, well, they also have a, a sequel uh for the a sequel video game for the uh the Sega Saturn that goes Yo, into sort I of saw that. There needs to be an English translation next. like right now. <laughs> I know, it looks so cool. It's like an on-rail shooter that like sort of you do the game but you're like it's like also an on-rail shooter it sounds interesting speaking of video game this movie does feel like a video game movie it does yes if you had told me this is based on a video game i would have believed it a hundred percent it's just weirdly singular though in a lot of ways like uh it felt very one of a kind while watching it it was like uh, watching a Let's Play. Like It was like watching all the cinematics of like a Let's Play or something of some mm-hmm. JRPG. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, like a really good one. <laughs> it is a little disconnected in that way, though. I will, I will agree with like, there aren't any critiques worth like taking away from the idea that this is an amazing film, but it is just sort of like a series of things in some ways. Yeah. If you cut out the action scenes, like this movie feels like it's it it has like loading screens, and you're like, all right, gotta do the the driving (laughs) level, and then I gotta do the shooting up the police base level, and the survive the uh, the warehouse from the cops level. Yeah, I think the 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 best point to make about this movie though is that it its length is so short that if it was a two and a half hour like superhero flick. We would be way more critical of this type of stuff. But because it's 77 minutes, it's like, you know what? That part wasn't that great, but who cares? Because the next next parts they're all throwing at you are all fantastic. I'm I'm very glad that this movie doesn't have like one more action scene because I feel like the formula might get old of like 
something happens he tries his normal shit and it doesn't work and then he tries some new shit yeah and it's always like you don't know what's gonna happen i think is the best part about this movie and i know like kennedy's description of it tries uh their best to really encapsulate what's going on but the movie is such like a visual treat you know like even on an auditory level we can't really like convey everything that's going on on screen but yeah Yeah. that was uh, mechanical violator Hakider. Uh, thank you again, Netscape, for introducing me to that. Um, Hell yeah, we'll definitely I'm bring more Sentai. Yeah, we're definitely gonna bring you on for some more uh, weird stuff. I do have Hell something yeah. in mind for the future already. Oh, but uh, is there anything that. you want to plug? Uh, no, I don't have anything to plug just yet. I still haven't since the last time we talked. I still haven't finished doing the getting that podcast up off the ground. So I think we're gonna. Hold off on plugs just yet. Just I guess follow me on Twitter at uh, Java underscore Jiga, and yeah, that's about it. My letterbox because I guess that's sort of how we got here. Uh, <laughs> is I think it's just Netscape underscore Negro, but it might be a space. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, let me look that up. Hilarious reviews. Thank you. It's it's Netscape Negro all one word, so there's no space, no nothing. If you type up Netscape, though, I think I'm the first one of the f- first people that come up, and also Brat Pitt for some reason. I guess because I follow her. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, for your reviews, though, like when you've rated something that's five stars, I might not always agree that it's five stars, but I agree that it's very interesting, and I think like you yeah. have that sort of mindset where if like something is interesting then that means it's inherently like at least somewhat of a good experience right absolutely yeah my, because you you're at, getting you something out my, of it. like uh my rating reviews and i pretty much only give something like one star or five star like i have a very binary <laughs> review system where i either like th- there's not too many movies where i've felt like mid on and that might just be because i don't watch a lot of like sort of recent like yearly releases and stuff like that outside of like the fast and furious films but yeah i just sort of have enjoyed a lot of the stuff that i've come across to the point where it's like eh, if it entertains if it makes me do like laugh out loud or you know soy face for a second then you know that's a good movie <laughs> have you seen police story i have not oh my god it's so good it's i think it's jackie chan's first directorial film but it's insane it's like oh my god you have to watch Dragon Blade with Jackie Chan. I'm telling you, it's such an amazing I, it's movie. It has Adrian there. Brody in it. It'll be sometime this week, probably. Because I have yeah. the torrent found, and I have the I have it on my list. I think either I think today I'm either going to do the Green Knight or Dear Evan Hansen, sort of a coin flip of good movie or very bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in spooky season, so I'm going to watch something scary. Ooh. I'm like, Your I'm binary uh, methodology reminds me yeah. of Kennedy and their views on Power Ranger seasons. Were they? <laughs> yeah, Kennedy had, is a I lot more S's and, and A's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm more like ah, oh, this. There's quite a bit of mid here. Kennedy's like it's it's Sally Pog or it's just blah. That's me. <laughs> I feel both of those on Dino Thunder where I'm like it's either insanely pog or it's the coolest worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, all right, Rangers, we're going to see you for something entirely different on the next Sentai Truther Club. Hell yeah.
Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.